Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me for this podcast. COPD, or Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease, is the term that's given to a group of diseases which affect the lungs. They include emphysema and chronic bronchitis. Now, they are inflammatory diseases and therefore will obstruct the airflow to and from the lungs. For anyone suffering from COPD, you will observe such symptoms as breathlessness, uh, the production of excess mucus, which is readily infected, coughing, a wheezing, total lack of energy. And the sad thing is that there is no cure currently for COPD, as it causes permanent lung damage. Treatment can slow down the progression of the condition, though. However, people with COPD are also at an increased risk of developing things like heart disease, lung cancer, and other chronic illnesses. COPD develops when the lungs and airways become damaged and inflamed. Smoking is the main cause of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or disorder. The other risk factors that affect the development of COPD include breathing in particles, so things like air pollution or chemical fumes or dusts or other irritants over a long period of time. Asthma. Genetics because in fact some people have a rare DNA defect which can actually lead to COPD and age. The disease is more likely to develop in people who are over the age of 40. But also infections. Multiple respiratory infections during childhood have been shown to increase the risk of COPD in adulthood. To be able to fully understand the condition we need to just recap essentially the basic structure or the gross anatomy of the lungs. The lungs completely fill the thoracic or chest cavity. They're protected by the ribcage and the intercostal muscles. The diaphragm is a thick sheet of muscle and fibre which separates the thorax from the abdomen. The heart is located uh, between the two lungs. Now, air travels into the lungs down a system of basically hollow tubes. Those tubes are supported by bands of cartilage which keep them permanently open. The trachea, or windpipe, branches into two bronchus tubes. Each bronchus tube subdivides into a highly branched network of bronchioles, and the terminal bronchioles do not have this supporting cartilage. Now, at the ends of the bronchioles are the delicate, thin-walled air sacs, or alveoli. Alveoli is surrounded by a network of blood capillaries. Fresh air is drawn into the lungs during inhalation, so when we breathe in, Air containing excess CO2 or carbon dioxide is removed from the lungs during exhalation or when we breathe out. Now for efficient gas exchange, the delicate surfaces of the alveoli and the airways must be kept free of any contaminants. So the trachea, the bronchus, the bronchioles, they're lined with two types of cell, ciliated epithelial cells and goblet cells. The sticky mucus secreted by the goblet cells traps any inhaled particles and the cilia move the mucus along a bit like a, I guess a conveyor belt is the best uh, description I can give. These cells are constantly replaced and regenerated. Alveoli are the site of gas exchange and they're adapted to allow the rapid movement of gases across their surface. The wall of the alveolus is made up of three types of cell. Squamous epithelial cells, which are large, flattened cells, creating this thin, single layer, allowing gases to diffuse through easily. There's surfactant secreting cells. Surfactant is created by these cells 
which ultimately decreases what we call surface tension. If two alveolar walls come together during exhalation, the surfactant prevents them from sticking, basically, and stops the alveoli collapsing. And then there are macrophages, which are a type of phagocyte. They ingest any bacteria or foreign particles, and they help keep the alveolar structure clear. Macrophages produce a whole range of inflammatory mediators, things like cytokines, as well as secreting protease enzymes. So... Let's talk about diseases that are caused through inflammation of these lung tissues. Chemicals in tobacco smoke and other airborne particles activate the immune cells and they activate them to produce inflammatory mediators. So an inflammatory mediator is basically a chemical messenger that promotes an inflammatory response. The cells that produce these mediators include things like neutrophils, monocytes, macrophages as I've referred to, and lymphocytes. The substances released by these cells include histamine, prostaglandins, cytokines and protease enzyme. The problem is that when you have uh, chronic bronchitis or emphysema, what you notice is a huge, huge change in the number of these particular cells that you have. So let's take chronic bronchitis. The effects of chronic bronchitis are a pa on a patient rather include an increase in the number of those goblet cells that I mentioned, an increased production therefore of mucus. But you also get destruction of the cilia, those ciliated epithelial cells, basically surface cells with cilia on them, that's the name we give them. Narrowing of airways occurs due to enlargement of the mucus secreting glands. So you get inflammatory swelling and production of thick mucus. That mucus becomes infected and changes to macrophages occur so they can no longer remove any pathogens. Let's take emphysema. So what are the effects of emphysema? Well, we get an increased protease activity that I've referred to and that weakens and breaks down the walls of the alveoli. That reduces the surface area for gas exchange. The proteases break down the elastin in the walls of the alveoli. The elastic recoil, which helps push air out of the alveoli during exhalation, is basically just lost. And CO2, carbon dioxide, is retained in the lungs and hypoxemia results. So that's basically when the body doesn't get enough oxygen. The lung volume increases, but what's crucial is that the expiratory flow is reduced. So how do we actually clinically diagnose and treat something like COPD that incorporates both chronic bronchitis and emphysema? Well, to diagnose COPD, there are actually several tests that we can use. Lung function tests can measure the volume of air that can be inhaled and exhaled, and it's done using a device that some of you may have heard of. It's called a spirometer. Chest x-rays can show the damage caused by emphysema. CT scans can detect emphysema, but also lung cancer. And then there's arterial blood gas analysis, and that measures the level of oxygen in the blood. Now, what's really important to remember is that many people have very mild forms of these diseases and they are in those cases strongly advised to stop smoking 
Medication can be given to treat the symptoms of COPD. So, for example, uh, bronchodilators are drugs found in inhalers. They can help relieve coughing and things like shortness of breath by basically dilating the airways. Inhaled steroids can can help uh, reduce inflammation. Things like antibiotics that can treat bacterial infections that can develop in that thicker mucus. There's something called phosphodiesterase inhibitors. Now, those decrease airway inflammation and actually help to relax the airways. Mucolytic drugs can be given to make that mucus thinner and a little bit easier to cough up. And there's an exercise program that patients can undertake called pulmonary rehabilitation. And really what that is doing is just to help alleviate any breathlessness. Patients who have a permanently low level of blood oxygen may need oxygen treatment. And that basically means being attached to a piped oxygen supply for at least 16 hours a day. In severe cases, a lung transplant may be necessary. So what does the future look like for COPD sufferers? Well, I'd like to conclude this uh, quite brief podcast by looking at future technology and COPD. Certain drugs are being developed that may increase the death rate of the neutrophils. Now, these white blood cells are part of the inflammatory response. So if they can be destroyed before the damage to the lung tissue is too great, then the lung cells may just have a chance to regenerate. Also, the use of electrodes to destroy branches of the vagus nerve is an area of real interest. That nerve is responsible for muscle contraction and mucus production, and it's overactive in COPD patients. If the nerve branches are destroyed, again, lung function could possibly be improved. And finally, stem cells. And stem cells have the potential to differentiate into any type of cell of the body. So if they, as you can imagine, target the lung tissue, they too have the potential to replace any damaged cells and ultimately restore lung function. I've recorded a number of podcasts related to lungs and physiology, uh, gas exchange specifically, and if you're interested in white blood cells and the immune response more generally in the body, then do check out those on the Kytos channel. If you've got any questions, get in touch at kytosbiology at gmail.com. And all that remains for me to say is a big thank you to everyone for listening. And a thank you to our sponsor, Curriculum Press, for providing content for me to use for this particular podcast. Until next time.